0: So, a number of years ago, after I left television, and I'm wandering around thinking about what's next, I went to what was called a leadership development class. Now, some people called it a cult. My family called it a cult. Sure, I'll join your cult. It was immensely beneficial, and I enjoyed it. Now, it was not perfect. I learned an awful lot, but I was assigned to a buddy, like a partner, during this months long class. And that partner's name was Ellen Whiteside. And I can't believe it's taken me years to get in touch with her and to do this. But I just wanted to let you know because she's going to mention in this something that at the time the the business is no longer in business. It was called gratitude training. I I call it the great, 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 great grandchild of Est, um the that, that Earnhardt uh, training which has it was very controversial and i'm not entirely sure why um, as cults go it was a, a benign if not beneficial at one point i think i called it the world's best cult um, but it's no longer around but there continue to be um, better and better versions of this type of leadership training and there continue to be criticisms of some of it Fine, have at it. But I wanted you to know all that background before you hear my buddy, my friend, Ellen Whiteside.
1: I can be a manifesting generator when I choose to be. And it's hard to, I mean, it's challenging to stay, to stay on this level, to stay at a high level.
2: This is In Her Words a podcast from ManListening.com, featuring one man listening to the stories of real women in their own words. In Her Words, a conversation worth hearing, because every woman deserves to be heard.
0: Hey there, hi there, and welcome to In Her Words, the podcast. We're in our fifth year. Can you even believe that? That means more than 200 women had a leave of, you know, sanity, To sit down with me for an hour and most of them were like pleasantly surprised that i didn't talk about myself the whole time i did talk too much in this week's episode with ellen whiteside Uh, she runs a training center uh, called sacred grove it's out in cabarrus county it's really neat they have a ropes course they have you know places that you can stay for the weekend you got the big yurt for the gathering. It's a lot of fun. You should check it out. But at any rate, my buddy, Ellen Whiteside. Where were you born?
1: I was born in Columbia, South Carolina.
0: For your mother, your number what of how many? I was number four. Out of four?
1: Four out of four.
0: So you were the baby? I was the baby. And brothers, sisters? Two brothers and a sister. Now you still in touch with them at all? With
1: my brother, my sister died when she was forty-one, so she's been and I was thirty-one. Wow! So I'm seventy. So she's been dead like
0: four, almost forty years now. You're seventy. Yes. I would never know that. It's true. Do you color your hair? I do. Um, you've got that nice <laughs> shock of.
1: It's yeah. It's kind of it's it's oh. shocking. Yeah. If I, my hair would be probably whiter, grayer than yours if I didn't color it. Yeah.
0: I would still never know.
1: I. That's why I color it because I feel like I'm. Do
0: you I you do like yoga 70, or something? 40. What keeps you so like limber?
1: I walk. I've always well, I say that, and I haven't been walking in the last few weeks. But that's normally my main way of exercise has always been walking. I try to do three miles four times a week.
0: And where do you that's
1: walk? My goal. I usually try to go to parks around me.
0: Uh, so you're out in the green. In the green. Do you green. listen to anything?
1: No, I like the silence.
0: Birds. I
1: like to hear nature. I have I don't listen to music at home. I mean, I live on 11 acres of silence and birds and all that. That's what I prefer is listening to silence or
0: nature. So have you always been attracted to the outdoors, the nature? P-
1: probably since my college boyfriend this is back when I my self-esteem was zero, and it was like whatever my boyfriend would want to do, I would do. And he was like the, an extreme, like we would go snow camping. Not something that Ellen would have chosen, but I did it because he'll love me if I do what he wants me to do. was my mindset at that time. So I learned a lot of extreme outdoor stuff. And um and then I was kind of rejecting it for a while and until I moved to Oregon then it was like that's like nature wonderland so that's where I was completely into hiking and everything skiing so
0: what's something so extreme you won't do it now?
1: Well, I quit downhill skiing. I would do cross country if there was a, a place to cross country that was convenient um but downhill I was like I when snowboarders came around and were' You know, teenagers flying down the hill behind me, out of control, teenagers with no fear, I thought. And a friend of mine had to have knee surgery from one of them hitting her. I thought, yeah, I'm done.
0: And what's an example of something that's sort of outdoors light that you do enjoy?
1: I love walking and hiking. I mean, I do love hiking a lot. I I would love to do – this is just on my bucket list – is do the El Camino Trail.
0: Oh, my word.
1: That would be – just doing parts of that. Well, I don't want to do the Appalachian quest. That's, yeah,
0: I know people who have done bits of that. Yes, and it seems like so. This is in Europe. Yeah, it ends in Spain, right? I
1: th- I, I don't even know where it is. It starts in France, ends in sp-
0: right the Pyrenees. Yeah, so and um, it's thought of as a traditionally sp- Christian pilgrimage, right? But now people walk. To remember someone, they walk. Right. For all different. And I would be doing it for help, just
1: for me, is really why I would be doing it, just because I think it's – I love – I just – I love Europe. I love the small cities. I haven't been back since – I traveled in Europe for a year hitchhiking back in the day. So, I haven't been back since uh, 79. So, I'd love to go back and some do that. Some
0: parts have not changed at all. I know, <laughs> and, and I love that. And some parts are very different. But now, kind of word of the El Camino is out. And so, I think you get get a lot of. Well, you do, but you also get those chance meetings with people. Yeah. That are maybe not so chance. Yes. That you end up learning from all these kind of. That's what what appeals to me is that it's not the lone adventure. Right. Yeah. You're always with someone.
1: There's someone there.
0: Yeah. And you're staying in the little villages. Exactly. That's super cool. It's really
1: appealing to me to do that.
0: Yeah. And that is more spiritual quest. So, retreat center plus spiritual quests Mm -hmm. tells me you're a very spiritual person.
1: I definitely consider
0: myself very spiritual. Now, were you always spiritual or did something happen Mm. that was a...
1: I, I completely rejected Christianity for probably one after going, when I went to college. And I was just like, well, it doesn't resonate with me. And it wasn't until, um, I went to a metaphysical church in Portland that I had heard about that had, I mean, it was like a mega church, 2,500 members it used to be held in the movie theater. And actually, it was, um, Mary Manon Morrissey was the, church leader, and that is actually the coaching program I ended up doing however many years later, 20-something years later.
0: So what is a metaphysical service like?
1: Metaphysical, um, it is that we, we're we all basically God. We all create our own reality. It's not out there. It's in here, and that we have just as much potential as Christ, to me, is, was an amazing being on the planet. And as he said, you will do the same things and even greater things still than I have done. So, that's my thing, that anything is possible. There are no circumstances. If you set your mind on it, you can create it.
0: And look, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not that you create the whole universe. You create your universe. My universe.
1: I'm the director of my movie. Everybody in my movie, I put them there. No matter so they're Blessings and lessons, blessings and lessons to learn from every single circumstance that happens in my life. And I choose to always be looking that knowing that everything that happens is always for my highest good.
0: So you told me that someone totaled your car. Yes. You totaled your dream car.
1: Totaled my dream car.
0: And you said your reaction was? I immediately went into
1: I don't know how having my dream car totaled could be for my highest good and it has to be. So I just have to wait and see. And it turned out to be.
0: How, how was it in so your highest good?
1: Uh, when I bu- I had wanted a Tesla forever. And so when the Model 3 came out, and a friend of mine – I used to measure my day by how many Teslas I saw in a day. It's what a geek I
0: was.
1: (laughs) And so this friend of mine said, I'm so tired of hearing you. I was like, oh, my God, I saw 10 Teslas a day. And out in my neighborhood, you don't see that many Teslas. And so she said, I'm tired of hearing you talk about Tesla. You need to buy one. So I went – I had never thought of it. I thought, like, I'll sell Sacred Grove and buy a Tesla. I always thought I had to have the money. Sacred Grove
0: is your retreat center. Yes. And And then I thought – It's in Cabarrus County, and on the Gold Hill.
1: Gold Hill, yes, and on the on the Cabarrus County- Stanley County line. Gotcha. So I had never thought about like, oh, I could have a car. Oh, and to order a Tesla, you just put hundred dollars down and just do it online. So I thought, I'm I'm gonna do it. So I did it that afternoon. And I got it, I think it was two or three months later, it came October 15th, I should can remember that, 2021, it came in. And then the March of 2023, it was totaled. Mm -hmm. And so when I stood in, this has to be for my highest good, I started looking for a a used Tesla. If you go Tesla, you'll never go back to another vehicle, is my feeling. And so I looked for a used Tesla. I found one, same color, same year. But it was a long range. I did not. I had bought the short range because it was cheaper. So I got a long range battery. It had ten thousand less miles. It also had a paint protection product on the on it that I had not put on mine. And it. Um, what else did it happen? You
0: said it was a hundred dollars less. My
1: car payment went down a hundred dollars. I had the long range with ten thousand less miles, and they paid me forty nine thousand. The insurance company, which was. Unheard of, because that's what I paid for it. Two so years it, later,
0: so it literally, by all the metrics, the dollar metrics, this totaling of the car ended up being to From the bit
1: absolutely. And I, if I had been in the way, 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 I would have gone down the way, way, way. I would not have gotten forty nine thousand for it. I would not have found the one that was per, the only one I even looked at was at this one kefford volkswagen place in huntersville and that's the only one i went even looked at and it was perfect so what i'm
0: hearing you say mm-hmm. is that looking for the good actually helps to generate the absolutely
1: good. What to me it's everything is mindset so if my mindset believes that only good things are it's always for my highest good then it always is because it can't show up any other way
0: what i'm trying to figure out is whether you believe that your mind creates this or your mindset sort of attracts this in other words if you look for and focus on the good things that happen not Oh, my God, I've lost my beautiful dream car. I'll never get it again. Oh, my God, I won't be reimbursed. Oh, my God, the insurance is going to be a nightmare. Oh, my God, I'll never. This is just such a, the wah, wah, wah.
1: That's what I would have created.
0: That, sure enough, the insurance would would have lowballed you and you would not have seen a better car and you would not have. Yeah. And So
1: so to me, it's like your mindset. It's everything. I'm truly a believer in the law of attraction, right? So we have to be at the vibration of what we're going to attract. So by keeping my vibration high, then I'm going to allow – I'm in this like the only thing that can show up has to be up here too. Mm-hmm. If I want to have it show up down here in the wah, 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 I can do that all day long. But I want it to be absolutely at the – So to me, it's coming from a vision. You create what you want in your mind, and you live from that. You don't go like how we think of going this way. It's like you create your vision, and you dream. You manifest it from that vision of what you want to have happen.
0: And so if we make a list of 100 things we're grateful for and 10 things we don't feel good about, if we spend all our time in a hundred things we're grateful for, then we'll get more of them. Yes, by 100%. virtue of focusing on them. Hundred percent. Right.
1: So energy goes where attention. Energy flows where attention goes. Wherever you put your attention, everything's going to go. So if you are, if your focus is on things that you're grateful for, I do a gratitude journal every night. So it's like I just will have more and more things to be grateful for. Right. And I and it creates new neuronal pathways in our brain. And the old negative self-believing, self-limiting belief thoughts, I feel like I have circumvented so many of those by keeping my mindset on what I do want and what I am grateful for, rather than going down that rabbit hole of we
0: now what I've tried to do and what I've studied a little bit is how we cast ourselves in a role. Mm -hmm. So we're casting other people in a role. Like right now, you're my teacher. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to discover because I certainly think you know a lot of things that I don't. Um, So I am in the role of the student. And that means that I'm going to learn that this is going to be a net benefit to me because I'm going to learn your way of Practicing these things. Mm -hmm. Um, If I cast myself in the role of the critic, let's say, or the skeptic, or the iconoclast, or even the, you know, just negative Nancy, then I could sit around and argue with you about this, or, uh, you know, as opposed to trying to see. Even if I'm not 100% on board with you, see how I can apply and learn from this. Um, You're nodding.
1: Yeah, I mean, Uh, that makes sense to me. Right. I mean, and we all have a decision on how whenever something comes, that's like, I've never heard this before, that we have that choice of either being like, um, have a beginner's mind about it and see is there any value here for me? And if there is, take it. If there's not, then don't take it type thing. Like we're always at choice. Right. And for me, it's when things resonate on a very deep soul level that I feel like that's true. it's truth for me. And everything that I've learned through this whole process is such truth for me. And I see it happening over and over that in my world, it's like I can be a manifesting generator when I choose to be. And it's hard to, st- I mean, it's challenging to stay, to stay on this level, to stay at a high level. And that's to me the, the challenge of our life is to, cause everything, things can, things happen, situations happen. And it's where we choose in that situation to stand. And I'm just like, I need your reaction to stand that it is for my highest good, no matter what it looks like coming in.
0: What's strange to me is the older I am, the less cynical I am. So there's a narrative, for instance, that, well, I'll never be 20 years old again, so I'll never be falling in love again. I'll never, you know, I'll never have my sexual prowess. You know, the best days are behind me. I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now as the boomers, as our generation, we you know this whole concept of retiring to like do nothing ever again i adamantly reject that and i'm like well i may be paid in different ways but uh you know i want to do a podcast i'm learning from ellen and so by god i'm going to create that you know i'm i'm almost a compulsive creative yeah that i have to right. you know
1: and that, that to me is what we're here for. I, you know, luckily I never, I really never heard the word retirement growing up. I have no concept of number one, I never had a real job either that would create a retirement. My social security is big, like 900 a month. And then they take more out. So it's like, yeah, I can really live on that. So, but I just love being. It's like, I want to always be learning. I always want to be growing and learning, which is a challenge because I don't have that. In my brain, like the people are born, the younger people are born in with technology already in their DNA. But I'll tell you, my my statement that I say for health every day is every day and every way, I'm getting younger and younger. My body, my DNA knows it and my body shows it. I have all the energy, strength, stamina to do whatever I want to do with ease and grace. And I seriously feel... Because minds, to me, mindset is everything. If I stay in that mindset, I can do I can still do everything I did in my 30s or 40s. I don't have aches and pains. And I stay away from the medical world as
0: much as I possibly can. Where did you learn that affirmation? I just made it up.
1: I think <laughs> write, write, it, write it down.
0: Write it down and start teaching it there, it, Ellen.
1: It's a good one. I mean, it's a great one. And I say it in the mirror. And when you do mirror work, it really is powerful. Yeah. When you're looking in your own eyes and saying that, it's like you are programming it on a very deep level. So, mm-hmm. And that's for help. That's like what I want.
0: Um, how did you come to um, respect yourself so much more than you did when you were needy and dependent upon this boyfriend's approval? How did you learn to sort of be your own person?
1: I mean, really, it was through the training, very similar to gratitude, that I did when I was thirty-three, was the first opening of that mindset.
0: This is a transformational transformational
1: program. leadership program. Right, it was, that
0: you and I. It was did. similar
1: to LifeSpring right. when I did. I did it when I was thirty-three the first time, mm-hmm. and um, but it didn't stay in it. And as we wouldn't, you know the consciousness of the masses is very powerful to get back in the drift. So I would say I allowed myself to drift back down. And then it wasn't until gratitude came around that I did it again in in Charlotte. And so it was just, and then I stayed in it. I coached for five years. So it was like I was programming and programming and programming myself to be in that mindset of that. And then the Brave Thinking Institute that I did just is like putting that on steroids and keep in really into the um being a powerful manifester. And and it is all choice. Every single moment we're at choice. And I tried to the most I try to do is stay away from the anything in the past. The past, I can't do a dang thing about the past. It's done and new moment moving forward. So I mean it's definitely been a process of really learning to that I can say that I love myself. And I think it was just really when i stepped into my authentic self that of like allowing myself like i am lovable i am i can have what i want in my life i can have amazing beings around me that see the greatness in me and support me in that and i i haven't had tv in probably 13 or 14 years that's also a big huge thing of keeping fear vibration away so i start i I'm committed to just holding light just as much as I can to be a stand for
0: love. What books, audio books, podcasts, and films do you consume?
1: Well, you know, it's um, I did what's called the Master's Program with Brave Thinking, and they send you a library of books. It's Mary's favorite books. So there are a lot of them. It's like Working with the Law, U Squared. Um, Think and Grow Rich. Um,
0: Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill's New work Square, is very powerful. It's a brief. It's a Price slim. Price Pritchard. Book. It's a
1: very slim little book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so part of what I was doing, which they told us in gratitude, and I would not do it, but I started doing it, is reading 10 pages of a good book. And so in just doing 10 pages a day, I started reading, I'd go through books and go through books, and I was always a starter of books and not a finisher. But 10 pages is like a manageable amount that it doesn't feel overwhelming, and that I can do that every morning. So that's kind of been a commitment of creating that way of being. And then I end with a gratitude journal at night. And part of my help thing is doing lemon water in the morning, also with honey and turmeric, and my belief about that is I will never get sick if I have that every morning to start.
0: And I don't get sick. Um, so you never had COVID?
1: I had a very, 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 very mild case of COVID.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you go see a doctor?
1: Um, you know, when I got Medicare, <laughs> it was like, oh, I have health insurance for the first time in my life. Ooh, And so I will go occasion. I, I like doing getting my blood work done. Right. So that's the only thing I go for, basically. So like
0: blood pressure and…
1: All that's normal.
0: Yeah, and all that stuff.
1: Even though I had a stroke when I was 28 and was told to take blood thinners the rest of my life, and I did it for like six months, and I was like, I'm done.
0: You had a stroke at 28? I'm partially
1: blind in my left eye. Wow. That was the only thing. It was just like, God, my vision's changed, and that was the only…
0: Did you have high blood pressure?
1: Mm -hmm. I have very low blood pressure.
0: What the stroke…
1: Um, This was 1980. Mm -hmm. And that point in time, they never asked a single nutritional question in the hospital. My belief is, so when I I moved to Oregon in 1981, went to a naturopath for the first time. And my belief, which I just came up with it, I traveled in Europe for a year. My primary food was wine and cheese and baguette that was like, and pastries. (laughs) Those four was what my body was consuming only all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved back to D.C., one of the friends I traveled with decided to become a pastry chef. So you'd open up our refrigerator and it was like Napoleons and cakes and things like that. And so it's like, hmm, eggs for breakfast or a Napoleon? I Mm -hmm. think I'll have a Napoleon. So I think it was the sugar... The content of what I had been eating that caused it could have been birth control pills, could have been whatever. My mindset said it's the food. So I became very health conscious at that point for a short period of time. I've gone like this with different health things. Mm-hmm. But but I decided I like, I'm not doing blood thinners and I never have done them. In-
0: yeah. So. There's also aspirin. Which is a they told me term, to take yeah. They yeah, told me to take an aspirin a day. But but now they're saying you know, and this is the thing. Now they're saying eh, but mm, not necessarily you know, not for everybody. So anytime they say one thing for, for everybody, everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. well,
1: that's what I decided. I thought they've tested blood thinning stuff only on men because they don't test it on any any woman that could get pregnant because they don't want to have any things like that. Right. So I was like, they never tested this on women. I'm not taking it. It's yeah. never been tested to be that it works. So I, but that I I'm very anti-taking any pharmaceutical anyway. So it would be very hard for me to do that.
0: At your place you used to have was it blackberries or blueberries? I have the
1: amazing blueberries still.
0: Big bushes out there. That bloom for months. And you can pick Buckets and buckets of them.
1: Always. Still yeah. that way. Come out this when they start blooming in June or usually the end of June is when they start.
0: Wow. So when they bloom, they're little flowers and then the fruits form? Yep. Wow. Do you get snakes? Mm,
1: occasionally. Yeah. I always tell people when they ask me, Do you have any snakes on the property? And I'll say, Didn't you see that sign when you drove in? No, <laughs> no snakes allowed. So the That's only snakes I've <laughs> the only snakes I've seen are black snakes. And every time I see one, I'm like, Yay, thank you for being here because they eat the poisonous snakes. Mm-hmm. So I just I've never run into a poisonous snake.
0: So um, if there is a tornado headed your way. Uh how would you know about it?
1: Um they'd probably do some silly ass alarm. In fact, one time they did do this alarm and and they do there's a mining place in Gold Hill. So they do an alarm before they do an explosion. Mm-hmm. And we were in the middle of a dance and we heard the alarm going off one time and it was like, Oh, they must be getting ready to do a thing. No, it was like a tornado <laughs> But Sacred Grove is very protected. I mean, seriously, it will be like storming and everything all around it and i have to go to the end of my drive and go that way and it's like chaos so i feel like i'm in a protected area so
0: protected how
1: just from any of those any current events like a tornado
0: do you think that's by virtue of geology or metaphysics
1: um i think it's i think i i do think i live in a sacred land i think i really truly believe that that land is sacred and that things like that don't happen on it.
0: What do you think made it sacred?
1: Probably the natives that lived there before is is just my generic hit, and there is a vortex on it. And just I have people that come onto the land, and they say how much how the, they can feel the energy of it, and people have been healed on it. And so it's like. What is
0: a vortex?
1: A vortex is formed where ley lines on the planet cross. So there's ley lines, L-E-Y, lines all over the planet, and where they cross, they create a vortex. I don't know a whole lot about it other than I've had people tell me the little bit I do know that it creates a spiral of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they you cross.
0: measure this? Is there a way they can
1: with um, dowsing rods? Ah, okay. Like if you walk up to the vortex area, they will completely cross like that if you have ah. dowsing rods. Um, and I've had other. This one chiropractor came out who did he does muscle testing. I think he has since passed away, but he was telling me there were like I think it was like seven and a half lines that were crossing there, you know. And then I have people that will walk by who were I'm not sensitive to energy like that, but. People go like, oh, my God, there's the vortex. I can't even get near it. Like, they're so sensitive to the energy there. That has never happened to me. I just – it feels good. So, I just – if I sit in the vortex, I'm like, it feels good to me.
0: How did did you discover this place?
1: Sacred Grove? Um, Tim that I moved to Sacred Grove with, Mm -hmm. Dr. D was a doctor that was living there before we moved there.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And he – had discovered the vortex. It was named Sacred Grove Retreat before we ever moved there. Ah. And so the, around the vortex, there's a whole circle of trees that are the Sacred Grove, the Sacred Grove around the vortex area. Hmm. So I didn't discover the vortex. I think Dr. D and Marilyn, who used to live there prior, had discovered
0: and it. Do you know which tribe of indigenous the, people? The,
1: I have two friends that had. Complete memory. I don't I don't have past life memory stuff, but they have memories of us being sisters together living on the land. They both had the same memories. We walked the land together, that there was a mas- massacre on the land, that we were – it was the Saura Indian tribe, which is basically most of them are up in the Mount Airy area, mm-hmm. it's S-A-U-R-A, mm-hmm. and that there was a massacre that – the story they have is that the Uwari Indians that were more of a warring th- – tribe, the Sora were agrarian, but they thought that the Sora had done something against them and so the the men went off to go hunting on a hunting trip and the Ori came and and slaughtered all the women and children while they were there and then they waited for the men to come back and they slaughtered them.
0: Um, have you so confirmed this in any history or is this something? Mm-mm, no Wow
1: no, but another a native elder who was the head of, like, all these different tribes. I mean, we, we've we done clearing ceremonies for it, for it and stuff. So. And another woman came, and she felt this, that she was part of the tribe back then, too. So who knows? But what's interesting, they one of them told me that I was told by our mother that I would come back one day and make it sacred again. So who knows? But I'm there. And I do feel like it's sacred land. That's...
0: Do you feel like it's been cleared that Yes. So you feel a positive Oh completely.
1: Energy. All all only all the time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And people who come there also feel a sense. Yes. That's not just being out on a farm somewhere or out right. in the woods somewhere. And the Uwari are some of the oldest mountains in the east, and also just like very worn down. So when you drive between Charlotte and Ashborough, you get to cross this yes huge.
1: And um, then the you know the Uwari's used to be, according to the history that I've heard, used to be the old. They were the they're considered the oldest mountains in the world, mm-hmm. and they used to be as high as the Himalayas. So they used to be twenty thousand foot peaks, and they've eroded down to I think Mara Mountain is the tallest at like eight ninety four. So in order to be considered a mountain, you have to be a thousand feet tall. So okay. that's why the Uor- I mean the Appalachians say they're the oldest now, but the mountains go east to west. Right. You know, the west coast is all new mountains. They're volcanoes still. They're erupting over Mount St. Helens erupted, you know, so it's like that going across country, they're older and or they're oldest on the on the thing. But I love the Ori Mountains. I love Mount because it's all crystal underneath them. Mm-hmm. It's like Crystal Mountain, and they're soft mountains. They're, they're
0: nurturing the. So, Mount Morrow is not actually technically a mountain any longer.
1: Not in the definition of the, that, that has to be a, a thousand feet. But I'm like, 894, that's a mountain. <laughs> that's a mountain to me. And the, the, they've got great trails, and very few people ever go that way. People also from Baden, Charlotte go.
0: Baden Lake is yes, there? Yes. Yep. Now, Baden Lake is not naturally occurring, is it? It's no, so. it's
1: part of the Icompedia that's been dammed up. So mm-hmm. you have High Rock Lake, Tuckertown Reservoir, Baden Lake, Falls Reservoir, which is the most magical place to go kayaking, and then um, Lake Tillery is underneath there.
0: Yeah, and Falls Lake is clear. Tillery has been somewhat polluted, right? Or is that? Prob-
1: well, Falls Reservoir is the reservoir, so there's nothing developed on it. mm and so it's magical when you go kayaking there because you have the Wuri National Forest on one side and then you have more mountain on the other side and then there's no housing. There's no houses on it and they only allow john boats or uh, kayaks on it. So no you don't
0: have jet skis, no
1: none of that nonsense. Ski it's boats, quiet. No
0: pontoon We used to do No big drunken parties.
1: No. We used to do wine wine cheese tours kayaking when we many 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 years ago. So, yeah, I love – Falls Reservoir is, to me, one of the most magical pieces of water I've ever been
0: on. And the easiest way to put in there would probably be on uh, no, Marl yeah. Mountain State Park. You have right?
1: to – now. you go to the town of Baden. Ah. The main street in Baden is called Falls Road. And ah. you just follow Falls Road, and all of a sudden you go through – you start going through woods, and you drop down, and you're right at the boat landing where you go out.
0: Does it cost money to put in a kayak? No. So, if you – Throw a kayak on the top of your SUV. You can take it out there. Yep, and, and you can do it in the fall when you have it's fall. It's beautiful foliage in the or fall. Spring,
1: absolutely gorgeous in the fall.
0: That's a pro tip. Yeah, I'm taking that. <laughs> I'm telling other people. Do you have a kayak? No, but we've talked about that. We talked about getting a double buck kayak until a kayak constructor told me that uh, they were called divorce boats. Yes. That you're supposed to get Single kayaks, yes. And let your partner do what they're going to do. At and their you own Do pays. what you're going to do. Yes. And yeah. You don't but get a divorce.
1: There you go. And then Mara Mountain has some great... There's a part of Mara Mountain, if you go to the boat landing in Mara Mountain mm-hmm. and put in a kayak there, mm-hmm. there's a place straight across from um, the landing. They usually try to have people go up to the dam and stuff. If you go straight across... It's like you can go through these little alleyways. It's like, I forgot what they call it, like a thousand trails or something like that. It's magical. Went there on hu- July 4th weekend, and we were like the only ones in that area. And that's kind of hard to do. You mean
0: kayak trails?
1: Kayaks. Yeah, just waterways that go into the woods, into these, you know, you're in a canopy going through. And it, this is just, it's really have done magical. that in the
0: mangroves mm. off of Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, on Sanibel, the mangroves, you can take trails through, it and you see all kind of birds, beautiful, and so quiet. Yeah. And the mangroves they call walking trees because they actually, if you were to really speed up what they do, their roots are like feet. They uh, keep moving.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Yeah. I love it's it. fascinating. And to think of also, to think of the trees as sentient beings. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the more we know about trees, the more they communicate with each other. Um, and they help each other they out. help each other. The ones that have the most
1: water give the ones that don't have enough water, water. I know, right. it's a whole communication, life-giving system that right. they do with their roots.
0: Let me ask you, what is the distinction – you would say between a coach a teacher a guru um a preacher a leader a consultant uh or or some sort of professional like doctor or whatever like a therapist what does a coach do what distinguishes a coach from those other areas.
1: Well, the only coaching I know is the program that I learned. Right. And it was really about asking someone, if there was nothing that could stand in your way, what would you love? And having them come from that. Because so many people have quit dreaming, completely stopped dreaming. And so you come from, you figure out what that person loves and you support. They're the greatest decider. All, a co- me is, all I do as a coach Is be supportive of getting you what you want, not based on what I want, not based on, well, you should, la, 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 la. No, you, the, whoever the, my client is, is the ultimate decision maker. And it's my job to remove myself from any opinions and judgments I might have. It's like, this is what this person wants. What can I do? How can I be the best support of having them create that? And it's a lot of mindset. It's, getting them on that frequency of that they can have it.
0: Well, I love this concept of whether it's midwife or doula. Mm -hmm. Um, The doula did not conceive the child. The midwife did not bear the child and is not giving birth to the child. But the midwife and the doula are facilitating the birth of this. And so the... Parallel or the metaphor that I like is the notion of helping someone give birth to their true self. Mm-hmm. Whether that is through story or through just keeping on asking open questions. Right. Keeping on. It's almost like as a challenge to draw that person out, uh, because the world covers that up with so many layers that we have to uh, disassemble or like scrape the barnacles off of all these adjectives and even nouns, these roles that have been, we have to sort of disrobe from all these layers and layers of roles that we've been given in order to understand the true role we are meant to play and and, and you're i think nodding. everyone
1: i think everyone has is been given a gift that to share with the world and most so many people do what their parents wanted them to do or they get stuck in something and they think i can't leave because i got kids i got this i got all the circumstances and so they just remain very unhappy never in fulfilled in their life of doing what society expects of them or like becoming a lawyer and they hate it, but they stay in it because of the money and because they can provide for their family. So it's like, to me, it's like you it, absolutely you can have it all. When you really tap into why, what is your purpose on the planet? What is my gift to share with the world? Just in traveling, the poorest people in the world that I have met, there is a joy and a light about them that they they know how to be happy.
0: But have you heard happens. of this concept of gross national happiness?
1: No, but I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there are countries that have a happiness ministry. Oh, yeah. And and they actually keep asking the people, are you happy? Hmm. And it is virtually disconnected from money. Monetary and, wealth. Right. Yeah. It's usually about simplicity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think in Sweden, they have a concept of not too much and not too little.
1: My thing is less is more. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I'm I'm trying to shed stuff. Because stuff, I learned when I traveled out of a backpack for a year that that was the best year of my life, that stuff doesn't matter. Stuff is not going to bring me happiness if I have the best year of my life with no stuff. So it's never been stuff for me.
0: That's beautiful. Um, I respect Brian's time. So um, we have about three minutes. If we got struck by lightning today (laughs) and the only thing that survived (laughs) is this little piece of digital audio, what is your legacy?
1: Mm. My legacy is helping Other people, either through Sacred Grove Retreat or through coaching, discover who they are and to facilitate helping them to find a life that they love living.
0: What would people say about Ellen at a memorial?
1: Yipes. Um, I would love. To have them say that I was kind, loving, giving, generous, and compassionate.
0: I think you have been. <laughs> Who knows you better than anyone else in the world? That's still with us?
1: Hmm. Probably my friend Nicole.
0: And what would she say, do you think? What's a story she might tell?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, Well, I facilitated her getting into gratitude. I facilitated her on many just, and she feels like that really changed her life for the good. So um, I would say she's grateful to me on that aspect of being just open and kind and helping someone to see who they are.
0: I am tremendously grateful to you for being my buddy, for teaching me, and really kind of mentoring me for acting as a, as a guide to appreciate what really matters.
1: Well, I accept that, and I love that you were my buddy, because I think we have a lot to share with each other.
0: Thank you, Ellen.
1: Thank you, Stuart.
0: Ellen Whiteside, I so want to get together with you again. We, we went down to uh, Community Matters, to the cafe, and had lunch ahead of time. And we had so much fun. Had so much fun. So I hope we get to do it again real soon. And I have a ton to learn from her. I want to tell you, it's the youngest 70-year-old I have ever seen. Amazing. Makes me look forward to 70. Thank you, Ellen.
2: In Her Words is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network in cooperation with Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative, Rachel Clapp-Miller and Roshonda Pratt are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins & Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. And take a moment to rate and review. It really helps others find us. If you love us, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening One Word, No Spaces. A small investment makes a big difference in lifting up the voices of women.
0: A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported my wacky, zany endeavors from the very beginning, like manlistening.com. In her words, the podcast, now in its fifth year, unbelievable. And Voice Locket, voicelocket.com, which Mrs. Watson likes because it brings in a little bit of money. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you for your support. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks so much.